the referral program is huge. It's been a hit. I mean, we're on pace to pay out over $150,000 this year in referral money. We contact lots of influencers, um, and it's kind of a great relationship because we make the influencers look good. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today we have Nathan Hirsch, who is the CEO and founder of FreeUp, which allows you to hire the top 1% of freelancers in the world. Nathan, how's it going? Going great, Eric. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for being on the show. Why don't you tell us a little more about kind of who you are and what you do over there at FreeUp? Sure. So I'm a 28-year-old serial entrepreneur. I started my first multi-million dollar business when I was 20 years old in college looking for some extra beer money. I started buying and selling textbooks, cutting off the school bookstore, which they didn't love, um, and really running a, a business solely dependent on Amazon. And I got away from textbooks, started a little trial and error, eventually found my niche in baby products, home goods, and, and outdoor stuff. So what, from there, when I graduated, I opened up an office, I started hiring, and we were growing. And I just became so frustrated that I was spending 50% of my time going through resumes and interviewing people and using the different marketplaces like Upwork and Freelancer. And I just wanted there to be a better way for me to quickly get access to top talent. So I had the idea of FreeUp where instead of posting a job, we get hundreds of applicants every week. We vet them for you and we make them available to people quickly. So if you're a business owner or a client, you can just quickly request a worker and have someone ready to go um, by the end of the day, whether it's a short-term or long-term project. Great. And let's rewind back to your college days. I mean, you're running this e-commerce thing. I mean, how much, you know, how big did you make it? And, and why did you, uh, I mean, did you shut that the whole thing down or did you sell it? What, what happened? Sure. So I still run it. It does between five and $7 million a year. Um, we did Amazon or we do Amazon dropshipping and there's a lot of pros and cons to it. So there's no, uh, or there's a big cash flow advantage, right? We don't pay for anything until we sell it. Um, but there's also a lot of quality control that goes with it because we have suppliers that we're completely dependent upon and Amazon doesn't want to hear that we messed up or that the suppliers messed up, we messed up. So it kind of has its limits and the bigger you get, the riskier you get. So we kind of found a good place um, and also after eight years, it was kind of time for me to try something new. So I spend the majority of my time on free up. Cool. And then so, I mean, just a little more on the, the dropshipping business. I mean, is that typically like a 10% margin kind of thing? I'm not, I'm not too familiar with dropshipping. Yeah, 20% gross. And then depending what your other expenses are, you're usually getting that 5 to 12 range. Cool. Great. So free up. I mean, you know how, I mean, I've seen like these other ones, there's top towel, which hires, it allows you to hire top 3%. And then there's like some other ones out there too. What makes free up different from the other, you know, the, the, the marketplaces out there? Yeah. So top towel is more on developers. Um, we, out of all the marketplaces, that's the one we're most similar on. Um, but we have a much wider variety of skill sets. Um, the difference between us and like the upworks of the world is we're not a job board. When you submit a work request, we're introducing you to one person that we handpick. Um, you don't have to hire them. You can always give us feedback and we'll send you someone else. Um, but we're doing all the vetting for you. You don't have to do lots of interviews and go through different applicants and stuff like that. And we offer workers from 5 to $50 an hour. 
um, everything from your customer service all the way to your top Amazon and Facebook ad experts. Um, and on the back end, what's cool about us is we have a no turnover guarantee. So if our workers quit for any reason, we cover all retraining, all replacement costs and get you a new worker right away. So that's something that makes us unique. Got it. And so, I mean, you guys have like a chicken and an egg thing, right? So how are you guys sourcing um, this? How are these, how's all, all this great talent finding out about FreeUp? Yeah, so I, I had the advantage that I had a business where I was hiring a lot of people. So I took a lot of the people there that were being used part-time and I started off my network there. So I kind of had this great base of workers that I knew was reliable. Maybe it was some people that I'd used in the past for one time or some projects here and there. So I had this really great base. And what I quickly found out, and when you start a company, you never know what the client reaction is going to be like, but people loved it. And they just had access to this talent very quickly. And from there, we started recruiting and running Facebook ads and posting in Facebook groups and stuff like that. Um, And then we launched these referral programs. So on the client side, um, you get 50 cents for every hour that people um, refer forever. Um, And the same thing on the worker side. So workers would start to um, refer other workers, people from other marketplaces or people that they work with before. So we just started adding talent pretty rapidly. Awesome. And so how do you guys make money? Sure. So there's a difference between the client rate and the worker rate. It's 15%. Um, there's no sign-up fee, no monthly fee. Um, we just make the difference on the hourly rate. And uh, you know, I, I know with these like these um, outside platforms before, like a, like a let's say like a freelancer or like a Upwork, for example, you know they don't want you to contact the people directly. So how do you get around that? Like how do you prevent that? Sure. So we don't. It's not like we're just stealing people from other marketplaces. If we do, we follow their terms um, pretty strictly. Um, most of them are more centered around the payment. So we, we get about 15% of our workers from the marketplaces like the Upworks. And, and for those that we do, we, we pay them through there. So while they can contact our clients and work for them, we almost act like an agency where we pay them through the marketplace, but they're doing the work for our clients. Great. Okay. Makes sense. By the way, where does all your energy come from? Because you talk really fast and I talk really fast. So this is going to be the, the fastest podcast ever. Where, where does all that come from? <laughs> Oh my God. It's, it's hilarious. Cause two weeks ago I had shoulder surgery. And then last week I was at a conference from eight in the morning until nine o'clock at night. And this week, I think this is my like third or fourth podcast of the week. So I'm running on no sleep and I've never had more energy. <laughs> why? why? I don't get it. Where does energy come from? I'd be so tired. I don't know. It's just that entrepreneurial spirit. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm excited to be on your podcast and meet you for the first time. It's just, it's fun for me. Cool. Great, man. So what kind of numbers can you share around the business today? I'm free up. Sure. So we're about to hit 7,000 build hours in a week, which was a goal of ours um, not to, right when we started. Um, and it's one of those things that we're actually taking a trip to the Philippines and we're celebrating it. It's pretty cool to um, have an awesome team that's been able to do that. Um, in terms of revenue, um, we should hit over 4 or $5 million in revenue this year. This is like year two and a half, depending on what you count the first six months. Um, and I mean, that a lot of that depends on busy season, right? Because we're in e-commerce. A lot of the business comes in the fourth quarter um, if you have anything to do with e-commerce. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Okay. And how are people finding out about FreeUp nowadays? I mean, how, or actually just to back up a second, how did you go about acquiring, let's just say your first, I don't know, 500 customers for FreeUp? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of it was cold emailing and cold calling. I mean, I, I was in the trenches just contacting different companies, explaining my expertise and my background and kind of making sure the first 
100 customers or 500 customers, like you said, are really taken care of. And that's something that I, I stress to new business owners. Like you have to treat those new clients like gold. You're going to mess up. There's going to be mistakes, especially if you're a startup and you have to fix them and take responsibility and make it right so that every single one of those people are happy. And they'll tell other people, you institute a really good referral program. Um, you do all the different social media marketing and stuff like that. But a lot of it is those cold emails and cold phone calls and referrals during that first year of the company. Great. And what tools did you use to kind of manage all your cold emailing? Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that I've used, I build myself. It's, it's one of my pet peeves. I, I try to use as little outside software as possible because it never really fits my business model. I, going all the way back to Amazon, when I was using repricing software, they were all okay, but it was about 80% of what I wanted. So um, whether it's creating Excel macros, which is what I used um, for creating my system of lead generation or building our free up software, we didn't want to use um, someone else's like Hubstaff and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm really all about just building, um, whether it's a makeshift software or a, a good solid foundation for your company. So you're not relying on other people and you don't get to the point where it doesn't really fit your business model. Great. And so do you have a, do you have an engineering background? I don't, I have developers that I've worked with for years that, um, that I give our lead developers equity in the company. Um, but I mean, they're people that I really trust and I mean, you and I both know developers speak their own language. They can be hard to deal with. Um, and when you find people that you're on the same page with and you can actually work with and develop a business relationship with, um, you have to hold on to those people and treat them well. Totally. Totally agree, man. I mean, at last, last, you're the third podcast today, but every single podcast we just talk about hiring. I just, that's like the biggest subject nowadays. Um, so, okay, that's great. Hiring is actually one of the biggest, you know, people want to, want, you know, what's the newest growth hack? I mean, hiring is one of the biggest growth hacks, okay? Um, so, you know, there's, there's, um, I mean, what, what's one of the most, what's the most effective thing that you're doing today in terms of customer acquisition? In terms of like gaining clients? Yep. Yeah. So the, the referral program is huge. It's been a hit. I mean, we're on pace to pay out over $150,000 this year in referral money. We contact lots of influencers um, and it's kind of a great relationship because we make the influencers look good. Um, we take really good care of their clients. They have someone to direct workers to, or direct clients to that are looking to hire instead of just saying, hey, go to Upwork and there's no kickback. And with us, we, we have a great kickback for them. We take care of their clients. They can promote us. We have a lot of great content when it comes to hiring and recruiting and um, training and and integrating people into your team and then motivating them and reducing turnover, which is what it's all about. Um, so it's kind of that win-win-win across the board. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, I do remember reading about your, your referral program before. How are people finding out about your referral program? Yeah, so it's all on the site. And when people sign up as a client, it's something that we tell them. And we're kind of in that mentality. Like, we know it's our job to prove our workers to you. We know there's lots of other marketplaces out there. We know people come to us a lot of times because they've had bad experiences. Um, so let us prove it to you. And if you like it, then take advantage of our referral program. And a lot of our clients get heavily discounted workers each week or even free workers each week just by telling other people about us. All right. Well, I've read something where you managed 250 freelancers remotely. Can you tell me about that story? Yeah. So I, right now it's over 500 remotely. I mean, we have, so I have my 20 person internal team um, that works under me and free up. And that includes like my marketers, my assistants that cover my Skype and the 3000 Skype messages I get a day, um, my emails, um, everything from running the social media to the click funnels to building the website. So I have that. And then I have my Amazon team, which is about 10 people now, and that's all remote. And then on top of that, I have a, the marketplace of 500 plus freelancers. And although there's freelancers, um, there is that we're we're more of an organized marketplace where people are accountable. We do have big group chats with everyone in it 
And not only that, but broken down for Amazon experts and eBay experts and Shopify and all that so that people can collaborate and really work together as a team. So with my business partner, Connor, and I and my 20-person internal team, we really are overlooking 500 freelancers at a time on a daily basis. Holy crap. So, okay, there's, I mean, you talk about chat programs. Are you guys using Slack? What else are you guys doing or using to, to hold all the, to glue everything together? Right now we're using Skype, to be honest. I, I love Skype and I challenge anyone to be faster on Skype than me. Um, it's something that it hasn't gotten big enough that we've had to get off it, although I'm sure that's coming sometime soon. Got it. Okay, great. So, I mean, you know, you have these two successful businesses. I'm, su- I'm assuming you have to have some other stuff going on too. I mean, tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing either of these businesses or maybe another one. Sure. So the biggest struggle, and I've told this story before. Uh, so back when I started my Amazon business, I had this awesome vendor that I was selling a ton of products from them. It was so good that it just wasn't worth it for me to research other ways to make money. I could just keep finding products from them and they were coming out with new stuff and I would sell, sell, sell. And I built the business to a good point. I was making more money than I ever had in my in my life. I had hired a management team, which was a struggle at first because I was hiring for the first time and I had no idea what I was doing. And it was finally time for me to take a vacation. And so I left for um, a few days. And on day one, I was in Myrtle Beach for vacation. And I got a call from my manager saying that the supplier decided to no longer work with us anymore. And then an hour later, I get a call from my accountant saying that someone had put filed a tax return in my name and stolen like 60 grand from the government. So within Within a few hours, I went from this unbelievable high to this bottom low. And then, I mean, the other the flip side of that is we came back and we were like, okay, what did we learn from this? Let's not rely on one person or one thing or one supplier um, ever again. So we were like, hey, we have this much money to churn through. Let's let's go balls to the wall and, and see what we can come up with. So we contacted lots of different people, um, lots of different suppliers. And within six months, not only were we selling more, but we were so much more diverse and protected that if anyone had decided to drop us, um, we were going to be okay. So that's kind of the lesson that I learned so early on as an entrepreneur. And I've used that for all parts of my my life, really, from having different revenue streams and different businesses to not hiring a manager and training them to do every little thing in the company and having a 20-person team where everything's really divided up. So if someone does decide to quit, which rarely happens, um, it's easily replaceable and it doesn't set me back months. Uh, and then obviously on the supplier side, making sure that um, you're always looking for new revenue streams and new places to get your product. So we talked about the one big struggle you faced around the business, but around your life in general, it could be personal, it could be business again, but what's one big thing that, you know, either positive or negative, negative that's really impacted your life dramatically. So for example, maybe, you know, uh, I don't know, someone like broke into your house and destroyed everything. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So a few, it must've been two or three years ago now, um, but our house was broken into and they stole my girlfriend's car. They stole both laptops that I had, um, pretty much everything valuable in the house. We ended up moving out and I was, I, I was an entrepreneur. I had just moved down to Orlando, Florida from Massachusetts a few years ago. I ended up moving everything out and living at my girlfriend's parents' house for like six months. So I was like this business owner that was doing pretty well, just like living there, trying to figure out where I was going to go. Cause I liked that area, but I didn't want to get robbed again. And I was at the point in my life where I wanted to buy a condo and it was also busy season. Um, so in my Amazon business and busy season, there's not much time to do anything else. Cause there's just so much going on between orders and customer service. So I'm sitting there on my, my girlfriend's parents' couch, essentially working for a few months, trying to just get through busy season to get my life back together. <laughs> 
Wow, that's crazy. Okay, great. Well, what's one big change you've made in the last year that has impacted you or your business? So maybe you started doing CrossFit. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of working out in general. Before I had shoulder surgery a few weeks ago, I was working out five days a week. Um, It's something I strongly recommend. A lot of people on my internal team, I almost push it on them a little bit. I'm like, you can't stare at your computer for 10 hours a day and then go to sleep. Like, you got to get some kind of physical activity. So um, I actually joined CrossFit. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but I found this other gym right by me that's a little bit more um, intense, like one-hour workouts every day. And that's something that I really look forward to on a day-to-day basis. And on the flip side of that, I recently adopted a puppy, which was probably one of my best life decisions. I've never owned a dog before, Uh, but my girlfriend and I adopted a puppy and he's incredibly cute and awesome. And it kind of gives you something to smile at every day to take away from the stress and the up and downs of owning two companies. You know, I really want a dog, but like, you know, I want a dog that doesn't take craps. Um, That's like the only downside. So it sounds like the upside is is much more worth it uh, from what I'm hearing. Honestly, I am so lucky. We got this dog at a pound. We had no idea what to expect we were expecting the worst and he's incredibly well behaved he really like more well behaved than any puppy i've ever met you know my my ops guy he brings his dog into the the office sometimes and uh, this dog does not bark and like will not complain about anything or just like sit there the whole time like that's the ideal dog like i would pay a premium on that um interesting thing so you know you've been working with uh you know your team's been remote for the last basically since you started doing business right Yeah. So I actually opened up an office around year five and it seemed good in theory, but I just added overhead to a business that um, didn't need it. It was a drop shipping business and it was kind of cool to have my own office and I could hire um, employees that could drive in every day. Um, But it ended up being one of my worst business decisions and something that I learned a lot from. And I quickly went back to remote and both my companies are remote now. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. You said like, you know, the office, like if you need it, right? So it depends on the business, I think, because when I was uh, when I was at Treehouse, which actually does have an Orlando office, um, when I was at Treehouse a while back, you know, 60% of our team was remote and most of our culture was an engineering driven, design driven culture. So it, it works out well, right? But, you know, when I took over this agency, I tried to switch everything over to, to, to remote. So it's a marketing agency, right? And like that didn't work out for us. It totally flipped the culture. So, you know, I learned my lesson there. But now I'm seeing, you know, when we're actually in the office, like, you know, we get that, oh, what did you think about this? Or, you know, you get that the collaboration when you're part of like an agency where you have to come up with ideas, uh, like it helps, right? But then, you know, we still work remote like two days a week. So I think, you know, when people are like, oh, should we do remote? Is remote better? Is it worse? Like, I think it, the answer is it depends on the business. But what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, what, like you, exactly what you said. A lot of people struggle um, with building a company culture when they are remote. It's something that I take a lot of pride in. It's something that I've worked really, really hard on. And I give my business partner, Connor, all the credit in the world because he's the one that's really pushed culture since since we got to year three or four. Um, and he's been working with me on both companies. So, I mean, our company culture with our 20-person internal team is great. I would put it against any people that are in the same building. I mean, you wouldn't even know that um, these people had most of them have never even met before, and they've been working together for years. And they come in with a great attitude, and it's fun, and they they get stuff done, and they're cracking jokes, and it's just a blast every day to work with. So, but that took a lot of time and energy, and I've seen a lot of clients struggle with it as well. Um, so it's something that I've written blog articles about on the Free Up blog, and we have like an online hiring mastermind group that we post a lot of content in to help people because the the way that you reduce turnover, the way you motivate people and the way that you get the most out of your workers is by having great culture. And no matter whether you're remote or in person, you have to find a way to keep making the culture better and better. What do you guys do around remote culture? I'm just, you know, from a tactical standpoint, because people want like, give me something to do. Like, what do you guys do? 
Sure. So it all comes back to the beginning, right? So when you, when we're hiring, we're looking for a specific kind of person. We're looking for someone with that workaholic attitude, someone that really enjoys working and isn't just doing it for the paycheck, someone who's passionate about what they do. Because if you hire that bad egg, that bad apple, um, they can make a huge dent in your culture and really ruin it for everyone else. So it starts on the front end. And then when you get in, it really trickles from the top down. Connor and my personality, the way we talk to people, the way we treat people trickles down to our assistants who then interact with the new members of the company. And we have an onboarding process that they go through and we teach them the do's and the don'ts. And we, we almost vet them after they've already been vetted to make sure that they really are a good company culture fit. And then from there, it's all about creating an environment where honesty and feedback is appreciated. We don't want anyone to be scared of um, of Connor and I because we're the boss and we're going to yell at them. We want them to tell us when we're doing something good and we're doing something bad and creating that honest environment. And then the end of it is just treating people well and telling them when they did a good job and giving them recognition in the company when someone completes a project or, I mean, even when we're having a bad week, I mean, we'll tell people, hey, you know what, last week X, Y, and Z happened. Here are the goals for the next week. And everyone's just 100% on the same page. They know that we're going to be fair, that we want to hear them out. And it really trickles from the top down. What's one new tool that you've added in the last year that has added a lot of value? So for example, might be Dropbox. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I started using Jira. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, I also think I might be pronouncing it wrong. It might be Jira. Jira. Yeah, it's Jira. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we started using that for development because it was great when we were having like one or two developers and it was easy to stay organized. But now that we have a bigger team, it's kind of all over the place and everyone has their own style. So I started using that and it's not the cheapest tool in the world, um, but it, it's very efficient and it gets stuff done. Great. And what's one must read book you recommend to everyone? So I'm a big customer service guy. That's my background. When I was in college, I worked at Firestone and they really preached it to me from day one, which gave me a huge advantage when I worked at um, when I worked as a seller on Amazon or when I started my Amazon business. So I always recommend Zappos, The Pursuit of Happiness, because they just talk about how customer service needs to be the backbone of your company. And we talked a little bit about this already, how um, your first 100, 500 clients are so key in making them happy. And if you don't understand customer service and you don't understand what goes through a customer's head, you're never going to be able to figure out how to do that effectively. What else do you learn from you? What's like one blog or podcast that you tune into all the time? Yeah, so check out Tracy Hazard. She has an awesome podcast. She interviews some really great people. Um, she does a lot with 3D printing, which has nothing to really do, nothing to do with what I like doing, but it's kind of fascinating for me. But she also just has a lot of top business owners. I met her in person at CEO Space last week after being at her podcast um, not too long ago. Um, and she's had a lot of great guests that I've actually been able to connect with. So I definitely recommend checking that out. She actually has three podcasts, but um, two of them are private. Check out the public one. Cool. What's, what's CEO Space? Sure. So CEO space is a community of business owners um, that come together. They have different events in Orlando and California and all these different places. And you come in and you can um, you pretty much tell people what you're looking for, whether it's investors or um, clients or just strategy sessions. And they run workshops. I actually got asked to be faculty there. So I went there last week and mentored under other faculty. Um, and then I'm going to be guest speaking and running workshops there um, in a few months. So it just they bring experts, whether it's patent attorneys or accountants or people that have built five businesses to come in and talk to new entrepreneurs and even people that maybe are a few years in and, and are looking for um, the new way to pivot. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. What's the best way for people to find you online? This has been great, Nathan. Yeah, so I'm pretty easy to contact, whether it's Skype, Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you go to freeup.com with three E's, my calendar is right on the site. You can book an appointment with me. I'd love to talk to you about your business. If you mention this podcast, you get a dollar off your first worker forever. You can sign up right on the site. It's free with no obligation. 
Um, you can check out the free up blog, the online hiring mastermind group, um, and my book, free up your business, 50 secrets to bootstrapping million dollar companies. Nathan, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, Eric. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.